Old Russ Barnacle. <laughs> yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's all good, baby, baby. Uh, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock to my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world's trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Somebody out there, some some like 25-year-old has to assume that Biggie's talking about the 9-11 when he says blow up the, like the world trade. <laughs> no. You prophesied He's it. talking about the vein thing, right? Yeah. yeah. But there, I mean, like, that was, no, no one it knows was much lighter, lighter heart. No, one, no, no one knows about that anymore. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast, where we're going to really dissect 9-11 and get into the, <laughs> what was going on with Tower 7. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's a comedy podcast about the service industry. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. It was an inside job. <laughs> Thaddeus, it was an inside job, McKee. Yep. And on the ones and twos, the wheels of steels, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, Zach. Hey there. Welcome back, Zach. I know, it's been a long time. It has. And you were concerned that you didn't remember how to do your job? Yeah, no, I was concerned. So I I noticed that the show's a little bit different since yeah. I've been back. Um, are we keeping with the hour and a half format? <laughs> Is that a, a new thing or, you know, did it go a little bit longer? Than, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's been a rough week, Zach, <laughs> so we don't need your your damn judgments. Okay. I just I was just curious. We'll, we'll, we'll be returning to the traditional hour. Good. good. <laughs> I did notice that you kept the uh, the song intros very long. As you taught me. Yep. 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 It's more like a DJ DJ dab. Yeah, we call those. We call it Zach style. Yeah. yeah. Zach style yeah. intros. Very special guest with us in studio, Levi Kenny from uh, Michigan. What's going on? Where in Michigan are you from? From Jackson. It's a yeah. little known, shitty little town in Michigan. Where on the on the hand? Show uh, me on the hand. Yeah, the handy dandy <laughs> map. So we're just west of Detroit. Which okay. Is, uh, you know, just as awesome as in Detroit. Nice. Back you know in what? The late 90s. I love Detroit. I don't know. Uh, I, I fully. Uh, we went to Detroit recently, as you know. Yeah. I fully expected it to be like RoboCop. Yeah. And I uh, was pleasantly surprised with it. That was late 90s, early 2000s Detroit. Yeah. It, was, it followed suit pretty well. I was like, wow. As a kid growing up, I was like, they did a good job like with, Ro- with the original RoboCop. <laughs> like, they, was like, I was like, wow, this is really what it's going to look like for, yeah. you know, at that point in time. And then now it's like, it's, yeah, it's like... I'm following a lot of businesses there. It's really cool. I'm happy with the cultural, like, I'm happy with Detroit. I, I, I love Michigan in general. I don't know what about it's so cool, but, like, one, there's, like, so many craft breweries down there now. Uh, just, dude. like, I mean, they're, they're everywhere, but especially, like, southern Michigan, it seems like. So water, man. A lot of good, good water ones. means good beer. The yeah. dunes, except I did get kicked out of the Michigan dunes once for drinking alcohol. What? Yeah. They, it's frowned upon there, <laughs> apparently. Sounds Sounds not like Michigan. So how long were you there before you got kicked out? Yeah, what were you doing that you... Because, like, I've drunk beach or drunk beer at the dunes before, and 
Never caused such a scene that I got kicked out. I, right. I, we caused no scene. I was there with two couples. You caused two, enough of a two scene. couples. That's it. So two you're cu- the two cu- wheel. No, no, no. I was part of one of the Maybe couples. It's a one couple limit for drinking. Oh. And my, my friend booked the whole thing, and then we get there. I realize that there's wooden signs that say no alcohol, and I'm like, if someone went to the trouble of making a wooden sign, they really don't want alcohol here. And we had brought like a bunch of like homebrews. I feel like hundreds of dollars worth of like homebrew and then we just stopped at like a couple craft breweries it was all like specialty like niche beer and then like we drank we're drinking everything out of like plastic cups and stuff and then like it was like at 10 o'clock or it was maybe it was like 9 30 the sun goes down and then just everyone just was quiet and we were like two four people talking around a campfire and all of a sudden like this brigade of uh, park rangers came up and the median age had to have been like 22 23 and they were like you guys they basically were like you have to leave no they're like if you leave and then we'll call the cops on you so you get dui like or you dump out all your alcohol and stay here and be quiet and i was like well how about we just put it away because this is very expensive and they're like no 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 you have to dump it out and we ended up. I remember like going back and forth with so this. These were not cool cops. Which no, but they were also like children. They were like they were they weren't even real cops. They were like hall monitors for the dunes. Yeah, they were <laughs> they were dunes hall monitors. Just lock yourself in your car and be like, make me. And then I, I just, <laughs> and then I just we ended up dumping out all the booze. And I remember like one of the angriest I've ever gone to sleep. I remember just like going to sleep, ache, just in a tent, just wide awake, angry, like. Fuck the Michigan dunes. I mean, not the actual dunes themselves are beautiful. But state police in Michigan are notoriously horrible people. Really, it's like the opposite in Indiana. Like, I feel like I'm very scared of like IMPD, and they're like very scared of Fishers and Carmel. Like, mm-hmm. like every time I see a Fishers or a Carmel police, I assume immediately like I start pulling papers. Out yeah, of my glove compartment. Like I'm getting pulled over. Well, what do your plates but, say? Because I feel like it really goes upon. Well, I've got. Uh, you got a nice like, Caucasian complexion. That's that's yeah. that's. I'm. I check one. I can. If you don't hear me open my mouth very often, uh, <laughs> I, I can be shockingly white. Yeah, like, I look like a very very white man. Yeah, <laughs> and, but like. The uh, the Wabash license plate has helped, you know. The the the, the man driving this truck has a mm. has a college education, you know that helps. Uh, but it was much more when I was driving the '98 Mitsubishi Galant oh. around <laughs> the east side of Indianapolis that I was yeah. much more suspicious. Yeah. Like that guy's got weed in his car, a hundred and ten percent for sure. <laughs> If I'm driving Carmel, I just try to think judgmental things. Like, man, these gas stations really make this place look dirty. And I feel yeah. that gives me the vibe that keeps me from getting pulled over. Like, yeah. Pick on it, right? You're yeah, a, yeah. You, you don't even have to say it. You just, I mean, like, you drive in a certain way where yeah. you know you're better than other people. Right. And I feel like that comes <laughs> off in a protective way. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I just panic about the roundabouts because I'm like, well, like, if it's a... A one lane roundabout, I'm good. But if you start throwing like two and three lanes in there, I'm like, I don't, I hate. And you never it. know when it. Karen's like gonna come barreling around, yeah. like, and she's moving way too fast in her Range Rover. Have you ever seen a roundabout operate in another country? No, they're amazing. So, like, I mean, it'll be like in, instead of stoplights, they'll have the the oh. roundabouts, and I mean, nobody's stopping, nobody's slowing down, and it's like they're so fast. Oh yeah, it's like watching just like clockwork, and nobody's there's no accident, nobody's scared. Like, watching people in Carmel approach a, a roundabout is very distressing. My thing is, I don't trust anybody else, so I'm probably one of the, I'm probably the person fucking it up by going slow, because I'm like, uh, well, yeah, who's no, coming I, at me? I feel like, yeah, that's it's everybody. It's a trust like, fall. Like, yeah, yeah, everybody. It's, it's, it's yeah. an adult trust it's fall. It's a trust like, fall. It's like, 
It's a trust fall with a bunch of people you definitely don't trust. I love that. Uh, <laughs> Levi, you're here representing, well, you're here specifically because we had a red flag comedy show and you were providing, your business was providing the food. Yeah. And I just want to tell you, impress the shit out of everybody there. Awesome. Man. Everybody Thank there, uh, it was uh, 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 Gordito's Rust Belt uh, Tacos and Tortas. Good food. Yeah, we we try to make good food. It's uh, it's uh, me and my boy Scott, and uh, we've been working together for about six or seven years. We just we got a chance, so we tried to strike while the iron was hot, and we came up with something. So when did you start this? Uh, about four months ago. Oh, so, shoot. this yeah. is brand new. We did our first pop up. So I mean, so uh, like old school Mo and Johnny's. Uh, Scott and I worked together there on the line, um, and I was bartending as well. Just kind of making craft cocktails and stuff. Um, and then, you know, like Scott and I struck off a, a serious friendship where mm. we like bonded over food and, mm. and music and just kind of life in general. Scott's my dude. Um, and so we started like just meeting every week or two, like just rap about food, just put recipes together. And then that developed into let's put like a theoretical concept together, which was like a nicer restaurant. And we would, like, have a meeting, break, and then, like, go cook a bunch of food for a week and, like, talk to each other about it. Okay. And then, and then like, long story long, I ended up at the test kitchen working with Neil Brown um, and, you know, got a really awesome opportunity, an awesome stage to show, you know, show off what I have. Um, and then as soon as I got the chance to do a pop-up with Scott, brought him up. And uh, we were well-received, so uh, we got an opportunity um, to kind of pop up for an extended period of time, which was basically the last three months. Um, and then for two or three weeks, we've uh, since taken over the spot that was occupied by Chef Carlos Salazar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, yeah, kind of crushing it. It's been a lot of fun, man. Nice. So are the – I'm not super familiar. I mean, like, I understand where it's at. But is it something where it's basically like you guys are just in there like a food stall, or is it something where you are doing pop ups semi regularly? Is how, yeah, how's it's it essentially work? like a mini garage, okay. like the the Bottleworks Garage, the food okay. hall. Okay, okay, uh, cool. Yeah. So it's it's three it's like f- stalls. We were we were making four uh, when it was us, Little Dumplings by Carlos, mm. uh, then Carave Korean Barbecue, and then One Trick Pony by Neil. Um, and then since then, Carave and Carlos have left. There's going to be a French bread pizza concept that goes in for so career. It's kind of it's like a, a, it's in like a food incubator kind of thing. Where yeah, it's like, true to its name. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where like the, the test kitchen is where we're testing out concepts. Like, does this work in mm-hmm. the market? Um, at least, okay, that's you great. know, in Fishers, which is a really cool place to be, obviously, right now, hustling, bustling. Um, so it's a good, like, you know, test. Like, do you have what it takes to be able to run a busy operation or yeah. make an operation busy? Uh, so it's been it's been pretty awesome, man. Now, obviously, everybody loves tacos, but like, what 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 would you? Because I'll I'll, I'll 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 speak of what my favorite part about it is. But what would you say separates you from the other tacos in town, or or what you've seen, or what's going on around here? Yeah, so I think I mean for me being at times to a lot of people shockingly white but <laughs> like but you know being you know Scott and I are are, are, are white boys, you know what I mean, and and we. Uh, do it better. We no, no, no. <laughs> That's what like we we try to be really careful about oh, that, right? Because oh, we're yeah. super like we're super like not about gentrifying a cuisine that we love. Yeah, like we fucking love Mexican food. Like sure. Scott and I, yeah. 
cooked Mexican food for the last seven or eight years, mm-hmm. not just because we like tacos, but because we love the culture. And like, I got to study in Spain, so I kind of bring a lot of a lot of that appreciation into the equation as Hold well. Hold up, you studied in Spain? Uh, it was, I studied abroad for four months in Spain. Um, I've also gotten to like play rugby in Uruguay and Chile and, and Argentina. Man, so yeah, I've 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 kind of and you know I've worked in kitchens since I was seventeen years old. So let's let's not be shy about it. We know who's cooking our food most of the time, and it's it's a, a gentleman named Jose. Okay. Who who is just the coolest dude in rest, the world? Rest in peace. Um, and so like, <laughs> like, I mean, there's like you know, there's these dudes, you know. In Are the you back bilingual? That, yeah, I'm fluent in Spanish. Oh, nice. I was a Spanish major at Wabash. Shout out Wabash College, uh, Spanish psychology double major, language development, all that stuff. Um, and like I said, yeah, man, like being very careful about like I am not. I do not make traditional tacos. Like we do not make traditional tacos. Sure. We make our tacos. No. Um, we make tacos because those are the, those are the things that we ate over trash cans with our best friends when we yeah. were crushing service you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah so like you know when when javier was like yo like scott you know who goes by calaveras like which it means skeleton skull and crossbones and because like, he's just but he's the coolest dude ever is like you know calaveras make some salsa Wero, i go by Wero because i'm white boy uh that's what literally my nickname is and they like go make some meat like so like we you know you just you kind of like have different roles different nights i mean like yeah i'm sure you know how it goes for family meal and stuff so um you know we we got the chance when we got the chance to cook for these guys who were making some of the food that we were just like yo like we were looking at each other like yo this is fucking unreal good and we got to like they wanted us to cook for them it was like Oh, we can't fuck this up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. can't fuck this up, bro. Um, so we just kept doing that, and and um, and it was it's just really the food that we've wanted to cook. These are the people that we love, the culture that we love. Yeah. Um, so it's more about like celebrating that, right? Um, and then then trying to you know make money off of it. It's it's about you know obviously we want to make, make money, money and pay bills, right? Sure. But it's about like. No, this is seriously an appreciation for us. Like, we do brisket instead of, like, diez millo para, Mm -hmm. like, these, you know, for, like, a slow roast on birria. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't use a traditional birria consomme. We make our own consomme with a different recipe from a traditional birria. We make our own adobo, but it's our adobo. And, And so, like, we, you know... We just try to do our own thing with respecting the real sure. the real thing. I, I mean, want you to know that I could drink that consomme out of like a <laughs> out of like a big gulp cup. Right like on. that was yeah. so good. Like when I was done with my taco, I was like like look around because we were at a show and I was like, I'm drinking all this. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what you need. This, to is, do. this is delicious. Like you said something to me a long time ago that kind of changed my mind about um, food and appropriation because like like having like a white guy. Uh, cook Chinese food or, 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 or whatever you, you name the race, mix a match if you want to. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of people can do this that. This will be a game we'll play later. <laughs> <laughs> mix a match. Name the race. <laughs> but like, but you said like, but you kind of said like, you can't really appropriate food in the sense that like all food comes from all over the countries. What I said all, was all food matters. Thank you very food. much. <laughs> But you know what you said. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, it doesn't. Like, First uh, of all, all food does not matter. <laughs> Let, let's, walk, let's, walk this back, let's walk this back a little bit because you, there's definitely uh, 
a disrespectful way that you could go about doing food. I don't think so. One thousand percent. And I appreciate I appreciate the like, exactly what you were saying. But what what I was saying was like kind of generally like if you know the history of food and stuff is like food has always brought people together and food has a long sordid bloody history of traveling from country to country of conquered peoples of but it's also just like I mean you don't have Mexican food of what we understand it to be now without colonialization there's you know it's just Chinese like there's spices all over yeah Mexico I mean it's so like there's there's it's uh, yeah it's it's almost ridiculous to say like uh, a white person can't cook Mexican food or a black person can't cook Asian food it's just like of course, it's 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 a continuous and continuous melting yeah. pot. Or Haitian can't cook Indian food. I mean, you just can't cook. There's a difference. Okay, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't blame Haiti for that. They have enough problems right now. All right, you, you take Haiti out of your mouth, <laughs> you French man. Right out of your mouth. But but yeah, no, I, I definitely I'm definitely pro melting pot and pro like why wouldn't you want to? I mean, and definitely the way you said it. Like respectfully, learn about other cultures because they're gonna have dank foods that you've never tried before. Like so, yeah. I always look at food as being more of a, a gateway of a door opening to other experiences than like, oh, I'm gonna do this now. I I I don't I don't know what a good example of disrespecting yeah, the culture. I, I wanted to ask that so bad. Yeah. I, I, but uh, I, I don't. I don't, feel like, I don't want to throw anybody. In the I know one. <laughs> I I went to a uh, a restaurant and uh, I got nachos, and they served me nachos on flour tortillas. Stop chips. Stop it. And I had never like they it took fried flour. Yeah, yeah. No, it took chips. me a while. Like I was eating them. I was like, "There's something so fucked up with these chips, and oh, I can't no. put my and yeah." And it was the most. Uh, but maybe that, that, is, like that is blatantly disrespectful. No, I didn't like it. You're right. But why that. is it disrespectful though? I don't think. I, I don't know if it's disrespectful. It's, it's disrespectful to it, nachos. It's bizarre. Man. To nachos. That's, 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 that's an affront to nachos. You fry, fry well, okay. tortilla chips. I mean, think, think, and things do get Americanized. You know, it's just oh, like, yeah. like what we even consider Chinese food here in America is not. Right, Chinese food in China. You know, it's a, it's an Americanized. Well, Chinese well, food has things. a like very interesting history that I've actually started learning a little bit about. Like where like Chinese food kind of just becomes a Chinese version of whatever food is like there. Mm-hmm. Like like the, you know Chinese Mexican food is starkly different. Yeah, from what you would think, like a China like a uh, uh, a Chinese person opening a restaurant in Mexico City will mm-hmm. cook. St- Darkly different food because of yeah. the readily available ingredients. Yeah, they will cook just a completely different kind. So it's got a like really interesting history, it, very complex and it's super interesting. And I would like I'm working on looking into it because it's cool. I just I could never imagine like a chef being like, well, I can't learn how to cook that because I that's can't do a julienne because that's a French thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I I I don't really believe in the appropriation argument with regard to food. I, I don't. Really believe in the much of the appropriation argument because I kind of think that that is how we all connect is over culture. Well, it's, it's how we live. Like if I could right. come over here and I make a hamburger, and you're not going to get pissed at me because I'm Haitian and I made this, <laughs> this burger. Like, what are you doing here? What did you put on this? Like, okay, let's leave that to the Germans. They are superior. I've but, heard that. Well, and, there, and, and there, there's there's definitely things that you know even the. 
the Americanized. I'm, I'm getting the delete button on that. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I was trying to, I was trying to just go roll to dump, on go by. to dump. He's, go hard on the paint on the German. Just go right ahead, Dyke. <laughs> You want to do it. You've been saying it for a long time. <laughs> no one that speaks German could be an evil man. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I mean, even things like the, the fortune cookie was, uh, you know, a distinctly American thing mm-hmm. that came from, you know, San somebody Francisco. that was, in, yeah, San Francisco, somebody that was, you know. And so, I mean, all of those things are, you know. Was it a know. white man that created a fortune cookie? I don't think it was. Was it an Asian person? I think it was. I think what you're dealing with in the United States, not to get super serious on a comedy podcast, but oh, like, yeah. is what you're dealing with is like a super, super entrepreneurial capitalistic culture. Yeah. Where like the dollar is your lifeline. Mm-hmm. So when you're dealing with that in like in a market as like a guy who just makes food. Mm hmm. You are constantly, like, from firsthand experience, you're just constantly thinking about, like, how can I make this more appealing to people? Yeah. And if that has to do with assimilating one culture to another through a mechanism that might or might not get interpreted as gentrification or as, you know what I mean, then, you know, it's that's up to interpretation. But that's, like you said, that's culture. Well, I definitely think you can do things where you're like, say, say you're not giving back to your community. You're just, you know, selling as much stuff or whatever. And, you know, and you can not give back to your community in a number of ways, or you can, you know, put the dollar above everything else, put the dollar above like authenticity or treating people well. I mean, I think any of those are categories where you can, like you said, like, you know, anything driven by the dollar is going to have shortfalls. I just think it's really easy in this country to fall victim to it, doing it the wrong way. And you shouldn't like as a business owner, you like you should be constantly, you know, that's your obligation. And that's part of being involved in the community is finding a way to do it that is productive to your community. Like that's where Gordito's comes from or that's where I want it to come from is like, how can we best be productive for the community? I Mm -hmm. felt there was a space in Fishers for people to experience this kind of taco and torta and this kind of food. So that's the kind of the experience that I'm trying to be imparting to my community, you know? Yeah. Yeah, My only complaint is it's not located closer to my mouth and where my (laughs) mouth is at all times. Because I don't live super close to Fishers. Don't but, worry. We will be expanding. We, uh, we're working on it. We're working on it, at least. Let's uh, let's real quick uh, run through what I appropriated today, which was... Oh, the 90s? Which is the, the 90s? 90s Steakhouse. 90s Steakhouse. <laughs> 90s Corporate Steakhouse menu. Uh, we always have a loose theme here. Today was uh, Surf and Turf, if, <laughs> if you didn't guess. Zach came in earlier and he was like, a lot of seafood today, huh? <laughs> I told you the theme. Like what? Uh, so the first uh, first round we had um, scallops uh, with bacon on them. So I, I, I had some pork. But I, <laughs> I know it sounds like. What do you think we just ate? The scallops. Um, you really undersold scallops there. I don't think scallops I've ever seen anybody take the, the the time to prepare them so well. You're like, guys, yeah, this is scallops with some bacon on top. Sorry, we Dude, had, those are great. They were very good. We had yeah. fre- we had fresh scallops. I, I wanted to do scallops and pork belly, uh, lardons, but uh, what the pork belly I got was kind of uh, what you what you call it? Well, he cut the pork belly up into little pieces and sautéed it, and I mean they l- did not look unlike little maggots. 
<laughs> okay, thanks. Oh, okay. It was, uh, it was one of the more off-putting, like, <laughs> textures and colors of a food that I've seen. That kind of, like, grayish, opaque. Yeah. yeah. So I chopped, I saw you up chopping up some bacon. After, after that <laughs> wonderful comment, I was like, you know what? Well, if you're just gonna lay them on top of those yeah. poor scallops, like yeah. nobody likes uh, scallops and maggots. Nobody likes maggots on slugs. <laughs> Here's your maggots and sea slugs. This podcast is just me cooking food and then tearing it down. That's all. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, we did uh, scallops, uh, scallops and bacon. I've had bacon wrapped scallops. Yeah. But it, to me, it's too much bacon. Like, like I, I never want to say too much bacon, but it's just like. I get more bacon yeah. than scallop out of it. It's kind of like the, like the bacon becomes the lead of the play. Yes. When it needs to be the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think if you're going to the trouble of having scallops, you should enjoy the scallops. Enjoy the scallops. I um, also very rarely like something that's bacon wrapped. Like, I feel like it's always kind of a, a cheat where the bacon's always too floppy or something like that. Yeah. It's not very good. And then you're just kind of left with chewy, floppy bacon. Bacon wrapped scallops is just a bad way or a, a way to cover up bad scallops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just a, that makes sense. Like, uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's where it comes from. From what I remember, like learning about one time uh, <laughs> in my very distant right. past, it was like it was like it was just like one chef was like, "Yeah, these scallops aren't great." In pirate class, wrap them. Yeah, in pirate class. One yeah. time when I when I was in my last year of culinary school, like literally my last cooking class before graduation. We had um, the Food Network coming, and they were shooting B-roll for something for the website or whatever. It was all it was all stuff that was going to go on their website, but they're in there with cameras and recording everything. And we had planned this whole menu out, but for whatever reason, it was like a two day class, and it was like the second day we didn't finish what we'd started the first day. It was like everybody kind of switched things. So I I had something that I had prepped the whole first day that I assumed I was going to be cooking. The, first the, the next day, oh, the ne- and oh. instead, I got put on just cooking a like a shit ton of like baby scallops, and so like I just kind of get thrown into the mix and like, hey, cook off these scallops. We're just finishing each other's dishes in a real slapdash awkward way. Like not and, a way that should be done in culinary. School? And well, just not in a way that would ever really be done in a kitchen. <laughs> I feel like. I don't know. Like it was just a very weird uh, thing. And also, it's just the extra pressure of this is our final for the class, and there's a t- TV crew in there. And so I'm just like, okay. And I go, hey, is this? And there was like a, a thing of melted butter here. And I go, this is clarified butter, right? And they were like, yeah, 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 it's clarified butter. And then so I started cooking these scallops, and I have a flat top, and I had to have hundreds of scallops on. And they all immediately just start immediately burning. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, just, and I look up and I'm freaking out. And I look up and there's just a camera right in my face. And I, <laughs> I will burn this entire school to the ground. Fuck this. Did you ever find yourself on the website? Up. No. No. It was. That let's, was let's, let's, the scallop scorcher. Safe <laughs> yes. to say that didn't make it. No, make the cut. <laughs> so every time I cook scallops, now I have, I have a little flashback. That's my little mini. Um, and then the chicken um, cock. <laughs> yes. yeah, a little bit of nice cock. Cocoa van. The purple which chicken. Is, uh, pr- yeah, purple chicken or. Uh, oh, that's what it was. Rooster and wine, or yes, the translation could be cock and wine for 
Yes, thank you. For <laughs> to make that happy for that <laughs> joke to work. Yeah. Um and then so I also didn't realize I really wanted to bake potatoes gonna come up in a second. But then I also saw these fingerling potatoes and I was like, Oh, fingerling potatoes. And then it wasn't until I got back home that I was like it's a lot of potatoes to ask people. If you like those fingerling potatoes, <laughs> wait till you have a loaded baked potato the next course. Yeah, that was it's crazy. Start terrific. You ended it with like a loaded baked potato. I was <laughs> like, like I the- felt bad because I didn't eat the oh, whole second piece. <laughs> I ate <laughs> my <laughs> whole potato. Nice. You did not eat your oh, yeah. potato. Oh, I love potatoes. No, you did not. Yeah. Look at you lying for the gram. I didn't know how to lie. I, uh, the, you know what the key to the good baked potato, I think. Butter. Yeah, but Salt. What kind of butter? That faint, that, that good, good. Oh, the European butter? Kerrygold. Yeah. Is it Kerrygold? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Kerrygold. Elon Musk butter? <laughs> <laughs> Only the top notch. Uh, space what? Butter. Musk butter? Is that like duck butter? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, space, space butter is going to be a thing. Ooh. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, within uh, <laughs> mus- muscles in the. <laughs> Muscles, <laughs> muscles, muscles, uh, muscles. Mu- muscles in the in the. Wine. Yeah, what was that? What was that? Uh, white wine sauce. The water. This is, the water. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Those were baby tears. It, there was muscles like, and baby tears. It was like musk soup. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> muscle soup. Musk soup. Yeah, they're they're always kind of like braised and steamed in a in like a, usually like a See, wine. Is muscles. one encouraged to drink that afterwards? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, you usually, usually get bread. To yeah, you usually get yeah. bread or something. Oh, but they, to what happened today? Yeah, no <laughs> idea. You're supposed to dip that potato in there. <laughs> yeah, why didn't no they give you all those finger wings? Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. take one of those potatoes. You chef's eat. choice: extra potato, no bread. The chef suggests you eat another fucking potato. Shut your pot. More table potatoes, and then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then a ribeye steak. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I like I went in and I was like, I'm just gonna get a bunch of meat. I'm gonna get a bunch of seafood, and I'm in the line, and there was like these two ribeyes, and one had this great marbling on it, uh, and then the other was just like a, a boneless ribeye, and I'm kind of looking at both of them. What like the the boneless ribeye was bigger, right? And then, like, the guy came over, and he's like, you want this ribeye, don't you? And I go, yeah, I do. <laughs> and then he was, like, pointing to the to the one with all the great marbling, and he was like, yeah, you want this? And I go, yeah, the boneless one. And then I saw his face. He's looking he's at me like, you, you rube. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? And I was like, it's bigger. I got a mouse to feed for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me. Oh, also, this is the weirdest thing ever. I'm walking around the store and I. Uh, it's a very long way of admitting that you picked us the worst. Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I figured if I kept talking, we would have zero in on that. So you picked the boneless. <laughs> so like, you're what? telling us this story to tell us. So you you're telling it? me there could have been a better steak. Yes, yes, Levi, I am. Well, this was really marbled. I will. I do want to point out, like it was kind of like a wagyu of sorts. No, it was nothing. Like that. <laughs> it was a very good steak, but it was nothing like a wagon. Right. Good steak. It was good steak. I, re- no. I, re- I retract that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, as I'm sitting here doing all this, all of a sudden my cart starts ringing, and I'm like, "That's weird," because like I put my phone's definitely in my pocket, and I'm like, "Why are my groceries ringing? Where are you?" And then I'm what like, grocery store is? I this? was at Whole Foods. Okay, and uh, and I, I end up digging to the bottom. 
And I'm like, there's a, apparently a phone here in, in my cart. <laughs> so I dig to the bottom. Uh, there are two cell phones in the bottom of my cart, like two identical cell phones. And they're both like chirping and ringing. And I'm like, what the, f- am I being punked? Oh, shoot. And then I like, I was like, I had to tell the guy at the meat counter, I was like, hold on a second. I just found two cell phones in my, and he's looking at me because I'm holding my cell phone and then the additional two cell phones. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I didn't know if you were some sort of like, space age drug dealer or what you were doing. <laughs> right. I was like, uh, let me go. Someone obviously left these. And then I turn around and I just see a guy like panicking, like talking to like a cop and talking to a manager. And I was like, that's the phone guy right there. He just, that's the look of a man who just lost two phones at the same time. <laughs> now, how did they, like, how did they end up in your, in your shed? He just left it in his cart and then I was the next person to pick it up. And I guess he was still. And you he, just didn't see a couple cell phones in a little hand basket? Is that what you're Like carrying? in the front part, yeah. And like, well, I didn't see it. Did huh. you think to answer the phone call? Yeah. No, like like a scary movie. <laughs> no, hey, the calls. It's like a scary movie. You need to cook me this. <laughs> the calls coming from inside the house. Go I, back I, and I get that two, I, I've never seen two cell phones together. It, it, it was it was concerning. I was like, well, I didn't know. No, I just uh, I just wanted to get rid of them. And like you know that feeling when you lose your phone. Like I, I gave this, this guy his two cell phones, and he was just like. Oh, I mean, he's talking to the police. He's a black guy talking to the police. You know he obviously was having a bad time. I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> guys, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break, and we'll be right back. Sabbatical. Saw sabbatical. <laughs> yep. Anda todo alborotado Por volver Voy camino a la locura Y aunque todo me tortura Sé que Is this gringo day? <laughs> I feel like if I learn Spanish I could transition very easily into becoming an old Mexican man. It's like the that's best shit ever. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see it. Oh, I gotta. I know. Uh, I know. Mi corazón. I know any song about my heart, and then I go, oh, "This is a love song." It's, it's the best shit ever. Like yeah. in no other style of music have I ever found in my life where it is okay for a grown man to make those noises, <laughs> and it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, like there is no more passionate music than like ranchero or banda yeah. Mexican music. It's like this dude is literally wailing, <laughs> and it's fantastic. It's the best. There's nothing more at this point in kitchens for me. Like it's, it makes me want to just go twenty times harder. Yeah. Hi and welcome back to the Harder Brunch <laughs> podcast. Uh, was it the only thing, the only, <laughs> the only uh, Mexican radio thing that I've ever worked in a kitchen that I did that I could not stand, I love the music, would be they would listen to some sort of version of, like, some sort of radio program. And since I don't speak Spanish, 
It was just like a lot of like. It was like the cumbia mixes. It was stuff. like a lot of like circus noises and like just a lot of like hype people yelling, yelling in Spanish and then like, and like just like jokes and the people oh. laughing and I'm like I don't know cumbia, I'm missing yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm having flashbacks yeah. now. And no, I was like, just like what I don't understand anything that's going on. It's just the same. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's good. It's good shit, though. Like, I mean, I'm sure it is if you know what's going on. What but if you don't, yeah. you're just like, no idea. You just hear the same three things over and over again, and like, what's so fucking funny? My favorite thing is like walking back and like some like someone's just busting out prep, but like their phone is on YouTube. Like mm. they've been playing this, like they've been playing music, and it's you know, like you're just vibing to it because yeah. you just vibe. And then like you walk back, and it's like a YouTube video of like a bunch of people dancing in a club. And it's like, like for real, like my one guy, Carlos, was like, yeah, this is my cousin who's a DJ at mm. like this giant club in Guanajuato or like whatever. And I'm like, okay. really? That's awesome. I mean, even if he's not telling the truth, it's super <laughs> cool that that dude is like, that he knows him, like, or whatever. Have you, have you ever noticed, like, the dance moves, like, of countries that are a little bit hot, hot excuse me, that are a little bit hotter? Like, but, like the dance moves are a lot slower. Uh, and I always attribute it to like the heat. Oh, yeah. You can't be dancing all right. Yeah. Like, what's that song like? Something about gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> that much. Not exactly about it. moving super fast. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's always it's always a little bit slow. But like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's more sensual. It's sensual. Yeah. It's like moving the hips a little bit, staying yeah. in one spot. I'm not trying to. I'm sweat about too much. that shit though. Like as as a large white man. Yeah. I really get down with that. Like, I can yeah. dance that way. Right. I cannot do this fast shit. No. Like river dancing. It's yeah. a lot more twitchy. Yeah, because it's cold. Yeah. And, like, they're trying sense. to stay warm. That adds up. Yeah. Like, you know, like when you're in Haiti, like, the, like it's right. like you just move your hip back to forth, yeah. you know? I like yeah. songs that have, like, one dip in it. And that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> one dip. Here it is. And dip. There you go. You and did now it's done. Dip. Now it's That's behind right. us. Now we can move on. I, I can't do. I'm not a two dip. I'm not a two dipper. <laughs> like no double dip. No, no double dip. dip. Uh, so usually, uh, usually the thing that that has been like to do uh, recently is try to uh, pair the theme to the entertainment that he's going to. Show the guests. Sometimes it's in music form. Sometimes it's in film form. Uh, and I, he asked me what the theme was today. I said surf and turf. And so his initial reaction was to play um, Three Ninjas. No, <laughs> your, your your initial reaction was to play uh, Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas. Yes. But then we started talking about the film Three Ninjas, which it got overruled. And I feel like it did get overruled because you had the better match of the theme. But I, I feel like if we put three ninjas versus surf ninjas up to get three ninjas going to win. Every well, time. Levi, Levi hadn't seen uh, either one. Three ninjas. Well, you had seen either seen one, right? Either so, one. like, if you're going to do surf ninjas, you have to see yeah, I feel like, three yeah. ninjas first. I feel like there's it's like an associated pre prequel, right? right? Like, like, and if you haven't seen, if you've seen three ninjas, like, wait, what, what's the movie before three ninjas? You need to see Karate Kid, Karate Kid, yeah, and Home yeah. Alone, and, and Home, Home Alone. Alone. Yeah. In Ninja Turtles. So as we've <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Yeah. empirically established that it is Karate Kid meets Home Alone. Yeah. I mean, Three yeah. Ninjas is Karate Kid meets Home Alone. Yeah, it, it's kind of a ridiculous movie once you watch it. It kind of also goes along with the theme of appropriation we've been talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Three Ninjas. Woo. <laughs> is there like a Snopes like where it explains why like the kids uh, have a Asian grandpa? <laughs> 
<laughs> and then like the mom is like totally white which is okay yeah. like i'm like i'm all i'm all, all about fusion like i'm i'm yeah. a fusion kid if you will mm. i a haitian fusion with well, the we were at a co- we were at a comedy show because like uh you know about that <laughs> that dad has dad has a white family there was a comic this week white who uh Somebody goes, oh, that's Dad's Poor mom us. and cousin. And he just started laughing. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's a good yeah. one. Like, no, seriously, that's his mom and cousin. Yeah. So I walked in and he goes, I feel very bad. <laughs> I was like, what? For laughing? Yeah. He was like, Had a good joke? <laughs> he was like, I didn't know that was adopted. Sure. So I'm all about like that fusion, man. But like, but, but it doesn't answer any questions. No, and 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 the three nah, ninjas. There should well, have been a there should have been a white grandma involved. Or Well, no, because like you know, the, to make the because yes. the mom looked white, white. So why she was you, a white woman? She was Clorox. So, white. I mean, you can make the excuse there. Are we like, really so, now the two Asian parents could have adopted yeah, a white exactly. woman? Oh, okay. all right. You know what? I didn't even think about it from that angle, and I apologize. I have thought about it from that angle, and I say no. Asians oh, can't white people. <laughs> they never did I'm in the nineties. They, they never did that. They didn't once. do that in the nineties. No, uh, it didn't happen. Uh, no, he, he adopted her back in China, so and you're then in the brought 70s? him over here. Even more implausible. <laughs> it's I mean, not. I'm kidding, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anything could happen. Yeah. I'm just saying. I didn't hear any escapees or refugees from the potato famine going to China. I just, I feel mm. like I feel like the potato famine refugees came over here to you know I mean those were my people. So Irish. you're talking. So you're saying she might have been Irish. Most white refugees Are were Irish? potato famine. I really uh, love as that. As far take. as the most common as in my mind, the most salient. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, like, yeah. I can't. I can't name three others. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that has to be the best take. <laughs> she was a refugee from the potato famine and uh, rip off Miyagi. <laughs> Decided. His name is Discount Miyagi. Thank you very much. <laughs> I saw him that. Cody just bit me yeah. <laughs> for no reason. Cody. He didn't like me when I said Discount Miyagi. <laughs> I didn't mean to kick you, buddy. Woo. He's keeping those jokes clean down there. Uh, <laughs> like he has a cross of the line. Yeah. Whoa, rip off Miyagi. Not on my watch. Uh, how many movies did Arnold Schwarzenegger make where they just n- straight up never explained his accent? You know, where it's yeah, like, like what is like everyone, every robot from the future is German. Is that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of movies too, where he's just They're like Austrian. He's Austrian. My bad. But he's like, you know, married to like some, you know, white woman. and got a white daughter. And it's like, he's just like, I'm from Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's just a guy from yeah. the burbs. Like, I'm just a regular American Jews. <laughs> Chilling. Let's play some soccer. <laughs> was he was he an American army in, in Predator? Was like he was he a military? I can't. Yeah, he was an American. Yeah, he was some, yeah. an American military. Well, you, could, you could so like join the military for if you're yeah, from another I mean, I country. I just feel like a German guy doesn't really feel that inclined. <laughs> like, I mean, he did go on in real guy. life to become a governor. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not really that off a brand. I feel like that's more of a contest than anything. Like I don't know, he's he's Austrian, I think. I don't know. Uh, well, 
God bless him. I just, uh, uh, I feel like uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, same thing. Like, they just got to a point where they're like, we're just not explaining the accent anymore. I don't want to do this every movie. Yeah. Remember Street Fighter, the movie? Speaking of Jean-Claude Van Damme. (laughs) I do. Go on. That's all I got. If you're going to drop a Jean-Claude movie, why don't we talk about Time Cop? Bring that up. Not as good as Street Fighter. You're out of your goddamn mind. (laughs) You just say that in my house. (laughs) Wait, Time Cop? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't even heard of that movie. I don't believe you. I'm not a... Time yeah. cop kind of. Yeah, what? Don't know what it is. Is it a real movie? <sighs> I'm feeling. I'm feeling very triggered right now. Dustin, you know what's up. Movie. Oh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, was he in it? <laughs> we just. We were. We're. That's where we were. Yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme. Was it he? Time Cop versus Street Fighter. Yeah, he was in Street Fighter. Time, Time Cop is a wonderful film in which uh, they realize Can that. You, yeah. They have time travel uh, capabilities, so they make a government branch that has to police the use of bad guys going back in time and messing up. And Jean-Claude Van Damme is one of their uh, top cops, time cops, Mm. until, of course, he's the top of the hour, uh, his wife gets uh, blown up and then can he just go back in time? No, because that would be an abusive police. Powers and time travel. That's not okay. That's a theory that I had about time travel. Is like time travel couldn't possibly be like be a real thing. Like somebody would have spilled the beans by now, right? Yeah. Like somebody would have come back and be like, "Yo, this is real," and then like just. Right. I think so. I That's, feel like you'd have to go back in time and keep killing the person who discovered it just uh, to keep shit okay. You know, I guess I didn't think about that. I feel like if everyone had time travel, then it would be just crazy. Chaos? Yeah. It would just be like people just, you just keep going back and it would just get too silly. It would get out of control. I would imagine if you could discover time travel, that would inevitably be what all timelines would end up as. Because eventually more and more people would discover it, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, so it can't be real. Like, eventually, like, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why. That's why in sci-fi, like that's how it's like it becomes like a huge thing where it either has to be like completely you can't do it, or it has to be very like specifically regulated. I don't know. I watch any time travel movie that comes out. I watch so. So like you know when you invent time travel, if you are the guy that invents it, you're pretty much getting killed at some point because someone's gonna go off the rails. So well, well, yeah. no, at the point where well, you discover it, you've set off a chain where it's going to be discovered by other people. There's going to be more than at least more than one person going back in time and fucking shit up. So at least one person. I mean, right. humans ruin things. That's what we do. You trust so, it with the government? So, though? So, Absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, no, no, with no, no human being. It's like ever. It, it's like those lime scooters only with time travel. Instead of assholes leaving scooters on the sidewalk, to be assholes <laughs> like, going back in time and just like, fucking shit up everywhere. There's just yeah. like homeless people jumping into portals and pooping on sidewalks. Like, it oh, just man. happens. You, you, wait, you think they would go back in time not to correct their life when they became homeless? No. Or, but unless everything is like closed loop time travel. Like, closed loop time travel. There we go. Like, it really, like, poop scoops up for itself. So it's just like any... Any single time that you went back in time was like you always did that. It was always supposed to happen. You had always done that. You had always done that. And then it also prevents mm. stuff. So it's like uh, there couldn't I, be additional. I, you can't I wanna, go back I, and do it again. again. I want to go back and um, like I'm going to go back and kill Bill Clinton like before he becomes president. 
That's, that's your choice. You're going. I don't know. I was just trying to think on air. I was just trying to think. No, fuck Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I just say, but like, if, if even if I plan to do that, since it technically never happened, that if I go back, I'm either gonna fail, no, or I'm gonna kill someone else that I think's Bill Clinton, and that will have always happened. Or I'm gonna kill someone, or I'm gonna kill Bill Clinton, and then someone else pretends to be Bill Clinton. You know what I'm saying? They're like, you never actually like Manchurian Candidate shit. Yeah, like, it's just like I kill the original Bill Clinton. But this fake guy that we all know is Bill Clinton takes up the mantle. What if and, that already happened, though? I mean, that might what be. What if, like, Bill Clinton was a real solid dude? No. <laughs> I, I did not screw over those Haitians. Yeah, screw Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. And you guys wanted to vote for... No, okay, I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't know where I'm going with that. Wow. I, 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 I forgot. I yeah. forgot what, what the choices were back in the day. Here's the thing: I'm not a Clinton fan. Um, so you, you go back and kill him, yeah. And but like they would figure out a way because they are the Clintons. <laughs> they know how to come back. And, and if, I feel like if anybody has figured out time travel, they, say they, they may be the Clintons. <laughs> they may have figured it out. They're like dangerous people. With I agree. I'm with you. I'm on the same. Like they're scary. Are we Honestly, saying that Hillary Clinton is a Terminator? Just to be clear, what we're converging on here. Benghazi? Right. Benghazi, that was just her with a fucking flamethrower. Yeah. Like, she, she said, what does it matter? I'm going to go back in time and change all of it. Like, what's the big deal? So, you saw her say it. So we dodged a big bullet is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, no, you well, dodged a flamethrower. No, yeah, and she's never explained that accent, you know. Yeah, like, no, you're right. Why does she talk like Zeke? <laughs> That's the accent? I don't remember that. Someone's changed that. Is that how you hear her? 45 <laughs> seconds. Ah, oh, get the big coffee. Get the Black Hawk chopper out. Like, run. That's not even good. <laughs> that is very hard to mess up Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> hey. Oh. Oh. They got really roary. Kill Molecule. Well, I don't know. I mean, you do a, you do a spot on Sylvester Stallone and a spot on Arnold Schwarzenegger, so I feel like you. Could do uh, hey yo, hey Clinton's on that bad of people. They all that bad of people. What is happening <laughs> to your already bad accent? <laughs> I just like seeing if I can make it worse. But not that bad of a people. More and more nasal. <laughs> and then like Alabama, like Sylvester Stallone's like all of a sudden from Alabama. Uh, Forrest Stallone. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else got up in Jenny. Leave, hey. leave, leave, leave. I apologize. This has jumped the rails at some point. Yeah, no, we're off. But that, uh, I'm having a good time. That's all right. Where did you keep elbowing? When did, when did you when did you come uh, down to Indy from uh, Michigan? Uh, I I've I've been here since I was eleven. Um, I, I moved down early. Uh, I went back. My my pops still lived up there for a while. So uh, I went up there to visit like every year. I still have like very good friends up there. Um, since then, like it's just been you know it was mostly like. Just visit, like, mandatory, like, go see your pops. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, I would go, and he would ignore me for two or three days, and then I'd leave. Uh, and then I, uh, you know, I just always kept, like, this allegiance, this, like, young kid, like, this is my home kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 I mean, as well, like, it's 
define me a lot. Like I'm a Michigan, like I'm a big sports guy. Like all Detroit sports, all Michigan University of Michigan sports. Michigan State? No, yellow and blue, amazing blue, baby, amazing blue. Okay. So yeah, no, I'm I, like since I was four, like I've known the fight song. How did you like, get into re- once? So like, uh, one time I did a tryout for the Butler rugby team. And I do mean the tryout. I yeah. did. I did a uh, a one day practice, and then I was just like, uh, "No, I don't like the way my body feels." <laughs> no, it hurts. Um, rugby was like, excuse me. Um, rugby was one of those things. Where it was like, I had played football since I was able to. Like, I was a wrestler when I was four years old. Okay. In Michigan. Like, it was sports for me were a thing. Like, first of all, I didn't have to go home. Which is like a super dysfunctional situation. So like mm-hmm. I didn't want to be there anyway. So like I go home, or I didn't have to go home. I had these group of people that actually gave a fuck about me. Um, that's pretty so good. Like, that, like that, that, sports that's, is cool. That, right? but that's also like pretty dialed in to be like, hey, I get all this free time. I really should do something with it. I think I would do sports because like there's a lot of things competing for that time. From a very young age, I was like always like that. Like I was always just like, that's great. Hey, like what can we do? productive about our time because i just get super anxious about like sitting around and dwelling on like issues like i get that shit is going wrong like yeah shit's going wrong shit goes wrong it's life you're Mm -hmm. you're like you're a person shit is gonna go wrong my family had this thing where like we would just like dwell on problems and it made us poor like i grew up in a trailer park in michigan like you could see the floor like, or through the floor. Like, my floor was cracked. Yeah. Like, you could see through the floor of my trailer into dirt. Like, I was mm. literally dirt poor. Mm. And, like, <laughs> like, I mean, like, we didn't have meals sometimes. And so, like, you know, that's where food came into me. Like, it was all, like, one big equation. Like, yeah. I was a wrestler and, and, and a rugby player. Like, rugby was one of those opportunities that was like, hey, fat kid, you get to run the ball. Like, that was, I was like, dope. Like, that's super awesome. I want to run the ball and crush people. And it was so it was like it was fun for me. Like yeah. and and so like when I was 14 years old basically my buddy Max Ham I'll remember his name till this day. He's like, "Yeah, you get to, you know, run." And I was always a football player. It was like my job was to either tackle a guy or block mm, a guy yeah. that was trying to tackle the guy with the ball. And so I was like, wait, I get to be the guy with the ball <laughs> and like I get to just block for myself if I want to. Like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a hundred percent. And like you know, so I went out, I was pretty decent like my first year but I was still like chubby and lunky and like even like I was three hundred pounds as a sixteen year old. Like I was three hundred pounds, forty five percent body like big boy. Wow. And like eventually my like when I'm eighteen, I lost a bunch of weight, played Made all American, went to all these cool places. Is that where the traveling? Came That's where from? it all came from. Was like I, you know, I got to be on a ranch in Uruguay, like eating fucking sausage that was ground yesterday from a sheep that was butchered the day before. Nice. Like you know, like. Or from a you know pig and you know they blend the sausages of everything that's cut like mm-hmm. you know and so like sausages chuletas steaks all this shit that's like on this giant old school Uruguayan grill will be like forever for the rest of my life will be one of the biggest memories ever and I'm yeah. eating these things with all of the best rugby players that are my age in the country and I'm like you know it's all kind of starting to click at that point where I'm like food people sports. This is what I'm about. Like, yeah. this is what I'm really, really about. And then 
it really from there it was like it just kind of steamrolled into this like kitchens are teams mm-hmm. you know like kitchens are just teams of people trying for a common cause and you know i've had this super unique experience where i can now communicate mm-hmm. to two completely different cultures yeah and i can be this super fun way of expressing yourself because i can teach this guy a few spanish words and I can teach this guy a few English words, and now these two guys are best friends. Yeah. And that's really happened. Like, yeah, multiple yeah. times in my career. You want to talk about food bringing people together? That's the real story of, like, gorditos and, like, where I come from. Is like, you know, not only just eating food, breaking bread with people is obviously super, super cool, but, like, making food with a dude that is from Toluca, Mexico, and you're from... Indianapolis, Indiana, mm-hmm. and you're crushing out tacos with this guy. Yeah. Like, how fucking cool is that shit, you know? I definitely had a lot of friendships with people where just like, yeah, there was a huge language barrier, but we both had the same job. <laughs> we hanging out all day together. It was like, well, how do we figure out how to communicate? Yeah, and I mean, that's where I really, really started, like, getting the goosebumps about what I want to do. Like, and there's few, you know, obviously, you know, industry people can attest to this. There's few professions that d- demand the amount of passion that, that culinary professions do. Like comedy is one of those where like, you're going to eat shit. Like mm. you're just really going to eat shit for mm. the next. He's not going to eat that. You know, uh, <laughs> like, like, you know, like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if, if you want to be a comedian, okay, yeah. kid, like, you're 18. You want to be a comedian. You're going to eat shit for the next 10 years, yeah. if you're lucky. In some type of way, or, like, there's some... Like, you got to just yeah. go to comedy shows and bomb, right? Yeah. Like, I've heard you guys talk about it on your podcast. Yeah. Like, you got to go to comedy shows and, like, bomb. Yeah, like, die more, more than most <laughs> people. Well, you're going to go and, like, cook plates that are bad. I've never done well. You're going <laughs> to... Dead jokes or cooking. <laughs> I'm still in my desert. <laughs> I promised land. Still there. Still there. But, yeah, no, I mean, and that's what, like, you know, rugby... Like all that shit has has like taught me is like, yeah, it's not always gonna be sunshine and rainbows, but like there's some pretty cool stuff that comes. Hey, that's out. that's a rocky bit. <laughs> sunshine and rainbows, hey, Rocky Six. Hey, kid, it's not <laughs> gonna be all sunshine and rainbows, kid, But listen, it's about cooking. It's about culinary arts. It's, it's about teamwork and rugby, kid. What I've been saying this whole time, Adrian. Okay, there, man. But no, I mean, he's not wrong, though. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, when you're doing that meathead shit, like, as, you know, like, I'm a meathead. Like, I am. Like, it, it just it, it is who I am. When Like, Rocky is inspiration for you. But, like, it's Always. one of those things where you, I don't know, you have to find some source of inspiration, right, to wake up every fucking day and be like, yeah, I'm going to go get burnt seven times to make tacos for John and his family, who, like, two of them might like it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're putting yourself out there like that. Yeah. And so, like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm the fat kid that's trying out for the rugby team. I might be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, I might be horrible. But I'm going to do it, and, and hopefully, like, it makes some people like I me. And uh, You know what I mean? Like, I, I like some people because of it. How much did it change going from America where rugby is rugby? <sighs> And then going to the yeah, country like, where rugby is rugby. It's, yeah. Uh, it's it's different. I mean, I will tell you that uh, those dudes hit, like, trains. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's different. Um, when you grow up hitting with pads on, 
Mm. Like you grew up hitting with pads on. Like you know, I'm, I'm a big fellow. Like yeah. hey, I'll come at you. You know, either way, and I'm gonna hit you hard. But like that set me apart from a lot of people in the United States. Like I was meaner and tougher than anyone I ever was with. Like you know, against. But then like I went to Uruguay. Those dudes are. You know, fucking gauchos, like fucking rancheros. Like, those dudes fucking bailed hay since they were four years old and, like, fucking moved sheep and shit. And, like, those dudes are strong. Oh, and, yeah. not, and by the way, they're in their home country where they've been training for three months with the, the same team. Like, they they hit you. And when you hit, like, when you hit one of those dudes, it's like, Ugh. oh. Like, <laughs> you go into it, right? Like, you've been dominating everyone against you for a long time. Years. And then this is the selection of their country. Gosh. And, uh, like, these people will have more pride. Like, what it is is, like, pride. Mm. Like, when you're playing for the rugby team of your country in Uruguay, yeah. it hits different than when you're playing for the 17th least favorite sport in the United States. You get crushed. Yeah, like these dudes hit hard. So, did you break anything over there? No, I, I mean, I didn't. Spirits. I, I didn't actually. I, I didn't actually get to play very much. I actually got in a fight, and like, like my team got in a fight. So I like tried to like separate it, and ended up me being in the fight. And so like, well, so you got in a fight. I got like all my caps taken away. Like, That's the it, most American thing: going over to a different country and just beating the just, shit no, out of people. No, it was like my team. Though it was like the worst, it was really <laughs> bad. Like, like my team got in a fight and I got involved, and so Damn. like I lost shit mm. because of it. It was it's fucked up, but I mean it's still an insane experience. But you lost like scholarships and shit. No, I just lost like my caps. Like you won't be able to see that I like played for the United States. Oh, like I went on the tour. Like there's. You know what I mean? Like, there's I'm on the roster and shit like that. But like, as far like in rugby, they call it caps. How many times you've appeared for the country? Uh-huh. And like, I have zero. I would have zero next to my name, even uh. though I did like like I played for like 40 minutes or whatever. Dang. Like, I I it would show up that I didn't play any like nothing. Right. I lost my jersey, all my. I thought they would encourage it, kind of like hockey. In hockey, they encourage fighting. No, but this was like rugby. nineteen year olds getting drunk and mad at each other okay. in Uruguay or Argentina. Yeah, it was it was a, lot, it was yeah. a lot less glamorous than like being on ice and, yeah. and winning for something for your country. It was it was different. Yeah, <laughs> what is uh, where, uh, where do where do you see the business so like over the course of next year or so? Uh, I, I I like like I said earlier, like I just I really want to get more involved in the community. Uh, I I. Would like to see how many arms we can put together of the business. Um, we're, we'll be in Fishers for another like year. Um, we should be at least, uh, at the very least, and then um, hopefully be a more permanent fixture in Fishers somewhere. But like, I love the East Side. Yeah, um, I'm a big, big East Side guy. Also, big West Side guy, which is where I live right now. I oh, love cool. like the North. Excuse me, the Northwest Side. You know, Pike High School area with mm-hmm. like you know, and then like Zionsville, Westfield, all that up there is developing very quickly. I mean, Absolutely. gotta go where the economics are, but like, I also like feel you know this food should should be shared with I, I, you know the people. Like, I want yeah. I want everybody to be able to come around the grub. Uh, can you drop a beat for me, Zach? 
Where can people find you and follow everything that you're doing on social media, Levi? So you can follow Gorditos at uh, GorditosRustBelt.com or GorditosRustBelt on Instagram. Um, and then we're on our website is GorditosRustBelt.com. Um, just follow all our stuff uh, and, and where we're going from there. And if I come in there and I order the consomme, no one's going to stop me from just taking shots of it, right? Yeah, like, no, I'll just pour you a whole picture of it. Okay. I got you. Awesome. Daddy's Jay. Hey, you can find me at uh, Earth, Third uh, third Rock from the uh, Sun, I believe it is at this time. I will be on Earth, and you can find me there, I think. Yeah, you can check out my uh, OnlyFans, uh, Saucy Boss, (laughs) uh, 6969. I hate both of you. Uh, You guys, if you were to hear more, who wouldn't? Patreon.com <laughs> backslash harder brunch. It's only three dollars a month. No, it's great. For the price of a cup of coffee. <laughs> this is where we really let our hair, hair down. Um, this is really when um, Thad tries to get canceled. He's going to be saying some stuff. Oh, I want to say like some bad words. <laughs> He's going to say all the bad words. And, and why do you say for a price of a cup of coffee? That's like the Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> yeah. uh, sponsor a third world child. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's not. I, I feel like even just a cup of coffee is more than three dollars now. Yeah, it is. Like a cheap, like for for a gas station coffee. Yeah, you can you too can listen to what's the, after the shittiest thing you can buy for three dollars? Uh, like, Condoms. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, good answer. That's a good answer on a lot of levels. That's a really good answer. <laughs> All right. Well, that's just making up words now. So <laughs> we're not going to take it seriously. Uh, Levi, thank you so much. It's uh, been no, great. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute um, pleasure. Yeah. We'll see no, you next time here much. on Heart of Brunch. Thanks.